People deluded, I'm back again. Good morning and I hope you're all doing well and safe. Welcome back to another edition of the Deluded Podcast, the DG Podcast, the Really and Truly Podcast. I hope you're all doing well and safe. I know it's early in the morning, but you lot need to wake up, people. Again, big up to everybody listening, wherever you are. Um, you know, wherever you are in this world, again, you know, some of you are probably listening to this as you're going amongst your working from home day. Some of you are looking after your children. Some of you are still physically going into offices. Some of you may have the day off and you're doing your cleaning and them sort of things there. And you're just, you know, using me as a time filler. And that's fine. That's understandable. You know, this is the first bit of content that typically comes out from myself on a Monday or Tuesday. You know, we go again on a Friday and preview the Premier League action. Now, I don't think we're going to be here long because there just isn't too much to speak about, people. So let's jump right back into it. Um, Obviously, before we talk about the FA Cup, where the majority of the teams were playing in over the last weekend or couple of days, and I think there's still a couple of fixtures, ironically, to play today. Let's start with the Premier League. Now, Aston Villa defeated Newcastle two goals to nil. For Villa, perfect. You know, another three points. Villa are having a great season. Credit to Dean Smith. Credit to these individuals. They look like a different team, you know. when you Previously, when you looked at Villa, you didn't think there was a bad side. But you was just only really looking at Jack Grealish, the marquee, and then I'd say McGinn. Now there's a bunch of players getting their plaudits. And to be fair with you, obviously them two make the difference nine times out of ten. But you've got to credit the manager, you've got to credit everybody collectively because we're at the halfway point in the season. Now, ironically, Villa still have a couple of games before they get to 19 games, I think. Um, But we're at the halfway stage and, you know, it's not a form thing. Villa are playing well and, you know, if I was them at the halfway point, it's down to them to just keep it up, people, really and truly. If you want to have a season to remember, you can go as high as you want. And in a dodgy season, you can't rule out Aston Villa for European places. Again, the league might, what's the word for it? We might, I, I don't want to say normality because what is normal, but we might see a sort of what we typically expect in a few weeks because, again, we're at the halfway point. But you've got to give credit to Villa. 2-0, clean sheet, back to winning ways, doing what they need to do. Um, and again, like I mentioned, their goals, their games in hand, apologies, makes it even more tastier. So they beat um, Newcastle two goals to nil. Um, Bertrand Traore scored a very good goal. Ollie Watkins got back on the goals on, on the sheet, if I remember correctly. For Newcastle, everything's just going from bad to worse. And it does feel like, you know, we've had a managerial casualty this week. I'm sure you've all seen my video with Frank Lampard. Um, you know, I do think Steve Bruce, I'd say Chris Wilder and Steve Bruce are probably the next, but Chris Wilder's got that luxury in that Sheffield have said we're not sacking you um Steve Bruce it seems like the writing is on the wall and has been for a while now really and truly um even Rafa Benitez wants to return back to the Premier League and of course he's probably linked with a Newcastle return again under Mike Ashley I don't know if that can happen but yeah Aston Villa defeated Newcastle three goals to two if we move to the FA Cup I'm not going to sit here and say I was watching every FA Cup game there's far too many we'll get on to Arsenal which I watched for obvious reasons but you saw Sheffield you saw Sheffield Sheffield Wednesday apologies defeated three goals to nil against Everton that was a decent game convincing goals convincing performance from Everton obviously Obviously, Terry Smalls and Tyler, the two young players, got to make their debuts. That's what it's all about. They did their job. Obviously, the marquee game was probably Manchester United defeating Liverpool three goals to two. That was an enjoyable game for the neutrals, personally. 
from what um I do think to it, you know, first things first, before I forget, you know, um you've got to credit Luke Shaw. I think Luke Shaw was very good in that game. He's not gonna get the praise because I think Pogba Pogba weren't amazing like that and showing what, you know, it wasn't a match winning performance like against Fulham. But I think if you definitely, I think in the build up to Greenwood's goal, Pogba wins the ball back on his own, on his own, in his own box. And I think Pogba had a very good game. It weren't, you know, the Paul Pogba, look how great I am technically. But this is what, this is where people go wrong with Pogba. Obviously, Pogba is a great player and nine times out of ten, when he has a good game, he displays his passing range, you know, his strength with dribbling, his technical abilities and whatnot. But I don't think people give Pogba the respect when he's equally as good, but not necessarily as glamorous. Like, don't get twisted. He was still passing well. He was still doing what he needed to do in that game. But, you know, people say he's got a reluctance to muck in to do the defensive aspects. The only, the only thing I see Pogba do wrong in that game was towards the end of the game I can't remember who but he absolutely fouled someone it was one of those tackles you make when you're knackered and I can't I, I don't blame Pogba for being knackered because this game and last game you're everywhere I think you know obviously I don't want Pogba to obviously obviously plays for United so we never want him to turn up against Arsenal but he's one of those players when you put your rivalry aside you can't help but admire him as a footballer you know and we have to enjoy him while he's gone who knows Pogba might stay now with a short little uptake in performance at United and it seems all good you know his speculate, um, speculation of his future seems to have gone um, which I, I would like Pogba to stay you know and obviously it makes Man United weaker which as rivals you always want your teams to get weaker but I like Pogba, you know, I think Pogba is scapegoated, on, obviously, sometimes he's fairly criticised, nine times out of ten he's not, you know, United, everything, I won't say everything's going great, but right now everything seems, there seems to be sun sun outside for Paul Pogba, if things go wrong and results start going a bit iffy, you know, eventually, and United fans, I'm pretty sure, will agree, eventually, you know, all fingers point towards Paul Pogba and it's all his fault, but I think Luke Shaw had a very good game and he's been in a very good bit of form, I don't know if he's played his way into England, England contention but I think if you're just looking at people who play who's been playing well I think Shaw has half a chance really and truly I think Pogba was good obviously Rashford's decision making I felt in the game could have been better but at the end of the day he scored a good goal and forget the goal not that I'm saying to forget it that assist you know if that's Kevin De Bruyne or if that's Paul Pogba if that's formerly Meza Ozu if that's Bruno Fernandes if that's Gundogan if that's you know Thiago we're drooling over that and rightly so Rashford deserves his respect you know Milner was completely outdone you know someone ex as experienced as Milner shouldn't you know be in that situation but it's a fantastic pass from saying even pass is doing it short it's a lovely ball from Rashford I screamed at the TV I was like no Rash I was like Greenwood has to score you know he has to score so that can get clipped up and Greenwood scored and for Greenwood it's very good because again it is unhealthy being a young player today's day and age the same people that when Greenwood came on the scene he needs to go to England he's this he's that he's a third he's amazing you know some of these people probably turned their back on him as he's gone 10 or so games prior without scoring so it was good for the young man he will go through moments you have to remember a man is human you know Greenwood's still developing for as great as he is you know for me I've been saying it Saka Foden um and and Mason Greenwood you lot that have been following my podcast how many before they were all not that before like before they were all getting praise and stuff but before you know Foden was really getting this chance at City you know Greenwood was just about in the United side Saka was a long way away from England we did say and I said on this did dare them sort of players there 
yeah, they're still young, yeah, they're still developing, but they're exceptions to the rules. They're not normal young players, you know, all three of them. They're the ones you've got to put your hat on and be thinking about the Euros and so on and so forth and guiding them. You know, as great as Greenwood is, he's still human and you've seen that with the 10 prior games. He's probably been, for me, he's been snatching at chances a bit too much, but I'm happy that he scored people really and truly because it's, it's good for the confidence. Again, them same people that were gassing him were the same people saying he's overrated and all of these sort of things. So, and you could tell it meant a lot to him obviously with his instagram posts and things like that um so yeah man greenwood's an animal of a footballer so lovely from greenwood rashford obviously did his thing um pogba obviously did his thing you know praise to the other united players as well it was a bit of a silly game though i feel all five goals could have been avoidable like united are getting caught playing out from the back liverpool are getting caught on the counter i think both teams had stages where um they kind of controlled the game it was almost like over the night it was you have it for you control the game for 10 then we'll control it for 10 ultimately they let themselves down via stupid mistakes you know obviously um, Liverpool's front front three again still not the best of performances but at the end of the day Greenwood um Salah apologies got two goals I think Firmino was hit and miss but there was a period in that game where Firmino really turned on the style ultimately it weren't enough um you know I feel sorry for Reese Williams at Liverpool because he's out of his depth clearly you know for him He's going to learn from this because at the end of the day, you know, he was out of his depth. He's sliding all across the floor. He's, you know, he, 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 again, a, a big part of defending is staying on your feet and marking the, the area and the position. And the young 19-year-old would have learned that, you know, this is the harsh lessons man have to learn in this football thing. You know, he, he, he looks out of his depth. I feel sorry for him. You know, he's going to benefit because at the end of the day, regardless, he's playing for Liverpool. That's a privilege in itself. He's a professional footballer. He's getting experience at a top level. That's going to help him. You know, these experiences getting torn new ones by top players, it makes you better or it should do. But I feel sorry for him because at the end of the day, he is out of his depth, really. You know, you can see just for me, it's the positioning. He's a young defender. So he's very much an emotional, reactive defender. And he's trying to win slide tackles. You don't need to. He's out of position in the air. He's, 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 he's not being convincing. I feel sorry for him. And obviously, I feel sorry for Liverpool because they need a centre-half. You know, you let Lovren grow, go, you didn't bring another one in. And, you know, you're forcing centre-half, centre-midfielders to play that periods. They need a midfield, a centre-half. Centre and I, I, I do think, you know, Liverpool should have, you know, a wise man learns from their own mistakes and a wise man learns from other people's mistakes. And I think if you look at this Liverpool team, the next step, considering they've been together for a while now, is signings they can make to take it to the next level and we've been saying they've got a fantastic 11 but outside of that 11 the depth isn't per isn't good enough and obviously you've seen Curtis Jones come come and do his thing they've brought in Thiago they've previously tried to sign Fakir and Werner so we, we know depth is one thing we know we've got they, they have to elevate their team because again if their front three isn't at it is there pressure on places or is there other people that can do things um sort of thing so they know they know elevation is is a big is a big point and i'd also so so again i do think liverpool fans and maybe Klopp have been dealt a shorthand with having a terrific couple of years and not build, be building upon it but i also feel clearly you needed a center half because again we were all saying again is there a center half on van dyke's level obviously gomez got injured matip's done all right but you know you're 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 you know, that's three centre-halves. You need about four. Um, they didn't bring one in. And also, what, what I mean by a wise man learns from other people's mistakes. I We all had our own criticisms over Manchester City last season when Laporte got injured. I don't think a team should fall off completely to the scale City did just because the centre-half is injured. But if we look at it, Central, you know, Laporte was playing well. He might have even went to the World Cup. And, well, a man said World Cup. It weren't World Cup, but they were, he, he could have went to something. I'm sure there was something last year. 
or it technically got postponed, didn't it? Um, yeah, it looked like he could have been going to the Euros before that was postponed. But if you just look at it, look how Laporte, centre-half, look how he was playing, look how City were playing, and then they couldn't do this thing. You know, you have to wonder, Liverpool should have been saying, OK, we can't afford that. You know, we might not be able to get another Van Dijk or even another Gomez, but we should be getting someone competent. You know, you even heard them link with Socrates again this year, who's, this week, sorry, he's gone to Olympiacos. Obviously, shout out to Bruno Fernandes off the bench and scored that free kick. I do think Alisson should have done better. Um, I do think if you look at it, Thiago's the nearest to where the, the angle of the shot goes in and, Again, you know, you've got to put your ugliest footballers there. People that want to take a shot in the face. And I might be reaching, but it does look like Thiago Ducks. You know, you need to put one of your ugly players there so they get it in the face, people. Um, but yeah, it was a good game for me to watch for both teams, really. It was, I, I actually, I know a lot of people were criticising the game in the league between these two sides. But I thoroughly enjoyed both of these clashes, to be fair with you. Obviously, we'll get onto it in a second a bit more in depth. I know I've done a video on it or a live stream. Please make sure you check that one out, especially Chelsea fans. Um, but Frank Lampard's last game in charge of Chelsea was against Luton. At least he goes out with a win. At least his guy Mason Mount and Billy Gilmore and Callum Hudson-Odoi, Tammy, James, all the Cobham boys played quite well. Obviously, Werner, and you're hoping with Tuchel, um, Tuchel being a German national he knows how to get the best out of Werner and Havertz obviously Rudiger, Jorginho two players he was linked with prior um, seeing an uptake in form for them maybe even Kovacic as well obviously he's worked with Thiago Silva but yeah it was good for Lampard with the Cobham boys um, you know Werner can't buy a goal you know you saw he, you, it is funny I'm not going to lie because I'm an Arsenal fan Every, I'm always going to laugh at the demise of Chelsea players or Chelsea in the same way Spurs and Chelsea will do the same at us but I feel sorry for him man he can't buy a goal you know he's thinking about it way too much that penalty put way too much on it it was, a, it was an emphatic save as well it weren't even a save where you know if you miss a penalty you, the keeper goes the wrong way it hits the post you could say you know what this bad luck but you know when it's just when when a keeper saves it in the way the looting keeper saved it, it's just nothing's going your way really. And I'd say Vernon needs to just stop thinking about goals. The more you think about, it, the more likely unlikely you are. You know, strikers or football, a lot of it is done by preparing in the weeks and days and hours before that 90 minutes and that 90 minutes the bulk of it is 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 instinct you're not thinking about none of it and obviously strikers are weird you know when you're fit, fit, fully fit and firing you probably score some goals you didn't think you had in your locker you know you, you get that sort of luck but in the same way when it rains it pours everything goes wrong and you know Werner again I'm hope I'm sure he's hoping for an uptake in form but it was the same old themes regardless in that it was a poor penalty from him. Obviously, Kepa's still out here making mistakes. You know, at this point, Czech should have started ahead of them. Tammy Abraham got a hat-trick. You know, he's doing his thing. I'm sure they would have liked to have kept a clean sheet, but 3-1 win for Chelsea. And it's the last game of Frank Lampard's tenure there. Now, obviously, yesterday you saw he was sacked as, as Chelsea boss. He was informed of his decision. You know, the boys were told 2pm training will start versus in the morning. So they must have known. We've heard a lot of rumours, you know. Now, we've heard Kovacic and Rüdiger were quite angry about um, Frank Lampard and went to the board to have their problems rather than say it to his man, a man's face. That's a bit booky in my opinion, but I don't know the full depths. They might have done that. Apparently, Peter Cech was having to kind of calm agents down of players new and existing players already um, in, in relation to the tactics. So, yeah, man, I, I'm sure if your name's Pulisic, Havertz, Werner, Rüdiger, um, Thiago Silva... Um, Jorginho, 
players that were, are, are German nationals, players that have played under under Lampard, or players that were linked I mean, Tuchel, or players that were linked to Tuchel's clubs. I'm sure you're all about to enjoy. Like Pulisic, I think Pulisic is probably going to explode now. He's a good player, but it does seem like Lampard had a bit of a love hate relationship. I see Tuchel as a bit of a I don't know how to make it make sense, but a bit of a venger to Ozil in that it's an arm around him. He'll try and let him do his thing and be that artist that he is. You know, I do think with Pulisic, if he could just learn when to take someone on and release it quicker and trust his teammates more, he'd be a lot better. Um, but it is, what, it is what it is in relation to Frank Lampard. Lampard lost his job. Um, details have been emerging, people. Apparently, the egg, um, Lampard's exit broke so early in the day that the Chelsea players had all been sent a message first thing to their WhatsApp group telling them that training was being moved from the scheduled 10.30am slot to 2pm in the afternoon. It was at such late notice, it inevitably got them and people around them talking about what this meant for Frank Lampard. Apparently, Peter Cech, who's in his role as technical and performance advisor held informal discussions with agents of key players about Chelsea's slump in form, speaking briefly to the squad before training began. Lampard did not get the chance to say goodbye to his players. Now, on one hand, you could say, OK, cool, when you when you get fired from a job or you leave a job, the moment you've left, you know, you're not allowed back on office or to talk to other people. But on the other hand, you are. You're allowed to have say goodbye. People might buy you a little treat. You know, you do. it is quite sad that someone that's been there for, what, over 18 months or so, um couldn't say bye to his players and players that he 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 he, he, he kind of held to held a relationship with for a long time went through highs and lows like i'm pretty sure mason mount's probably crying as we speak with this you know he might actually not be first name on the deep sheet um lampard himself said um people um it's been a huge privilege and honour to manage Chelsea, a club that has been a huge part of my life. Firstly, I'd like to thank the fans for the incredible support that I have received for the last 18 months. I hope they know what that means to me. He said, when I took on this role, I understood the challenges that, lay, that lie ahead in a difficult time for the football club. I'm proud of the achievements that we've made. You ain't won nothing. And I'm, pr and, I'm, and I'm proud of the academy players that have made their step up into the first team and performed well. They're the future of the club. So indirectly, you know, I'm not going to take credit away from Lampard, but his legacy will be blooding these Cobham boys really and truly. It, I think history is going to paint it a bit with rose tints because I'm already seeing the language and how he's good for the young players and all of this, which I agree. But the minute he was allowed to spend money, they got rubbed out. You know, Reese James and Mount, the only ones that played. Tomori got rubbed out. Tammy's in and out. Che um, Honson and Doyle only getting a look in towards the end, which showed you, you know, Lampard was running out of answers. You know, as soon as he got money, you saw the true colours, really and truly. So I do think history will look at him with rose tints, but it is a fact he did play these young players. He did get top four with these young players. He did, you know, you can't take that away from him. And they are the future. He said, I am disappointed to have not have had the time this season to take the club forward and bring it to the next level. He didn't show any building blocks. He also said, finally, I'd like to thank Roman Abramovich, the board, the players, my coaching staff and everybody at the club for their hard work and dedication, especially in these unprecedented and challenging times. Um, apparently, the bad news, apparently when it came to delivering the bad news, there to deliver the bad news that he had lost his dream job as head coach was Chelsea director Marina Grov. Granovsky, I cannot say a name, forgive me for mispronunciations, and the club chairman, Bruce Buck. The, the conversation, apologies, went as you might expect. Both Maria and Brooke, um, Buck, sorry, Bruce Buck, apologies, delivered the bad news and spoke about the reasons why he left. Apparently, Lampard obviously is offering other reasons and then they kept it moving and he will get his four million quid due because that was his contract um it is it is what it is people ultimately personally i don't want to go into it again because i've spoken about this for like an hour for a club that isn't mine 
He ultimately lost the job because first and foremost, you spent 200 million and you've shown no signs of how you're going to get the investment out of these players. Obviously, players go through bad form, but you couldn't see a way out for Werner or Havertz under you. Maybe a German speaker gets that. Obviously, the writings clearly have, has been on the wall for a while. It clearly was a sense of, you know, you're gone, but we're not just going to sack you without a contingency plan or replacement. And potentially Chelsea probably tried to do, because you've seen Ralph Ranić was linked with them, you know, the interim thing while they give themselves time to find the target or wait till um, Tuchel might have been prepared to take over at the end of the season. He's taken over mid-season, so it's done. And I think for Chelsea... For Tuku, I'm not sure because again, I get, I guess the same luxuries are going to be had, which every manager has when they move clubs. In that, you know, some of these players are his players; they're not his players. He needs time to inject his tactics. He needs his own players in. You know, this ain't his squad. You know, it's a free hit because it's midway through the season. All of these things are true, but at the same time, he's, you know, Tuku's under no. No illusion. He's just come out of PSG. He knows he has to get results, and you, it's almost Chelsea is almost a poison chalice in the way in a way where it's a fantastic job managing Chelsea. But you know, Roman Abramovich has his eyes and ears at all time. Like you see, check you know, check a former teammate of Lampard. He's out here talking with the advisors of players, really and truly, about something. Players are going above board. The board are having question marks. So you know, you don't get time in any football job, much less Chelsea. And again, you know, there's still there's a good starting block because at the end of the day, as poor as Chelsea are, and you know, they shouldn't be happy that they sit sit ninth, I believe, and their record against the top eleven, let alone the top six, isn't the best. Probably another reason Lampard's gone. But they're 19 games played. You know, if they forgive themselves for the 19 games they've previously played and say the season somewhat starts now, and you know, a new manager bounce and all that sort of stuff, they could still achieve something or salvage the season. I'm sure at the minimum, Chelsea fans will accept like last season. You know what? Let's just get top. Pardon me. Let's just get top four. So make of that what you will. But he ultimately lost his job because you Chelsea became very easy to read with the tactics. Tactics that were quite questionable. They made games harder than it had to be. Whether they won, lost, or drawn. Two hundred million odd on players, not seeing a damn thing out. Digging out players consistently in the papers shows that the. I mean, in the in 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 the post match, which shows that the cracks are there. Just numerous reasons, you know. And to be fair with you, Chelsea can't really blame anyone but themselves because I'm. We know we're in a new era of of managers. They don't need to do the hard yards necessarily. But I I just feel with Lampard. There's this unconscious bias and privilege that sees the likes of Lampard get roles because what the hell did he do to get the Derby job? Even looking at the Derby job, he really underachieved with the Derby job and then people brought Frank Lampard into Chelsea and lo and behold, he's out of his depth when he's working with quality players. He's got an inability to manage players in terms of keeping them all sweet and on side. We all know man and player management is as vital as your tactics. Inconsistent with tactics. Inconsistent to know when you're doing things wrong and, and clearly change up things. So, you know, can Chelsea really be blamed? Lampard will still, again, I personally think Lampard's going back to Sky Sports and never doing this managerial thing again. But easily, I believe I could see him. It's sad, but David Moyes is doing his thing. But if David Moyes leaves, I could see him grabbing a West Ham. I could see him doing things, you know. Ultimately, the only person that's going to benefit from, well, was us. Thanks for the memories, Lampard. Thanks for losing the FA Cup. But, um... Lampard's going to benefit because, again, it's not worked out for Chelsea and I'm sure he's be disappointed. But, again, it, there's something in life about learning from your mistakes. And it's a big if. If he learns from his mistakes, then he might have a better tenure somewhere else, people. Um, it's a bit like Arteta. If this Arsenal thing doesn't work, there's a bunch of lessons you could learn. Um, so it is what it is. I'm sure you all saw Brentford... Um, 
you know, they, 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 they bottled their lead and for Leicester it was heroic. They came from behind courtesy of Madison, um, Madison and Telemans and Cole and, and, and Senji Zunda. You know, Madison's now got, I believe, four in four games or three and four or something like that. Surely you've got to put him in back with the shouts of getting called up for England. You know, him, Foden, Grealish, Mount, that's always going to be the debate until the Euros comes, people. Telemans was good. You know, again, Leicester survived the late scare, came from behind and did what they needed to do. Burnley, you know, they I couldn't believe it. Burnley absolutely popped Fulham. You know, Hector had a terrible game for Fulham, you know, um, the last goal was absolutely quality in that 3-0 win against Fulham. Burnley absolutely popped them in that game. Unfortunately, Arsenal lost in, in the FA Cup. Now, I think it's disappointing because I know rotation is a big thing. You can even look at Southampton, a couple of their players in relation to the game today, they're struggling. But I feel the players were poor. The, play, the fringe players that came into the team... They didn't take their chances to try and knock knock regular football down. You know, with the less said about William, the, the better. I don't think Pepe was as bad as people make out. But again, Pepe was underwhelming. There are some flashes of brilliance and ability. Equally, you are reminded time and time again that the football IQ just isn't quite there for me for a top six Premier League side unless something dramatic happens. So I feel the players were to blame. You know, they, they were poor. We know when we play Southampton, they're aggressive. They press you. We struggle to play out from the back. We rarely tested Fraser Foster in goal really didn't have a foothold on the game really and truly midfield nowhere to be seen barely tested their keeper and when we did have chances Eddie Nketiah seems to have a banana foot so again it was a poor performance you know Eddie, El Nene, um, you know fringe players that came into the team weren't good enough but at the same time I do think Arteta's lineup didn't help us a bit in the sense of I think he showed his inexperience, you know, he, sh you know, he showed his inexperience in the League Cup where he decided to start Runnison for no reason against Man City, against a team he's he's been part of and one of the most clinical attacks in the league. And today, well, Saturday, I do think, you know, the only selection I can't get at him, not including, is Aubameyang because obviously Aubameyang, there's personal issues going on there, Hope hoping for the best in that regards. Um, don't know if he's involved on Tuesday, but I feel the lineup. you know, again, Cedric needed to, I would have personally... You had you brought on Saka and Partey anyways. In an ideal world, they wouldn't have played. But until we bring in an out-and-out left-back, you know, Maitland-Niles, the Cedric stuff, all this stuff at left-back is hit and miss. Am I lying, people? It's hit and miss. I feel you could have just... you either, I would have liked to have seen Tierney start. Again, Tierney didn't play... Well, he didn't play against Palace. He was back for Newcastle. And again, I know we have to mind his fitness. But again, I would have liked to have seen Tierney or Saka do their jobs there. Partey definitely that part is the one I think had to start in if anything you take him off you see what this you we've seen what this midfield has been missing when Partey wasn't at this club and has been injured you know I understand games are coming thick and fast and he's nursing his way back to fitness but surely he could have got a 50 60 minutes and came off on the period you brought him on in the game very reactive you know three of the subs you're gonna you know what Partey Saka um who else came on Lacazette you know three subs that probably should have started and should start today so I feel the lineup didn't help us you know, you can't be, conf you know, it wouldn't surprise me if Martinelli plays today and he plays with a Tierney or Saka behind him. And there's a dramatic uptake in his performance. Like, I think Martinelli was poor, but same way, he's making a lot of runs. He's not being helped. You know, Cedric and, and him, it's the first time really playing together. You got no change. Bellerin and Pepe are terrible together, to put it nicely. You know, Bellerin plays better with Saka in front of him. Um, Pepe plays better with Maitland-Niles in front of him. And, you know, when you've got problems on both sides, it's, it's an issue. Ironically, both 
both I think both our threatening efforts came from wide areas. There was one time Cedric put a, a lovely ball for Pepe and Bertrand kicked it out for a corner, but we didn't do any of that. We couldn't deal with the press. Obviously, El Nene got caught in possession rather stupidly, but if it wasn't him, it was going to be someone else because you could see it struggling to make five-yard passes, struggling to offer anything, and it's more of the same, and it's, it's a cheap way to exit the cup, in my opinion. And obviously... The FA Cup means more to us than a lot of teams because obviously Arsenal have a lot of history with it and it's been one of the only sources of highlights during a, a, a mad sort of couple of years for us, to put it nicely. But it's also a ticket into the Europa League and with that gone, we're hoping to qualify for the Europa League domestically or by winning the trophy. So again, these are two things that are achievable on paper, but equally it might not be a an assurance. So... I don't think they've helped themselves out, but congratulations to Southampton. I'd love them to go on and win it because they eliminated us. It is what it is. Clearly, I'm only speaking about the games I watched, people. There's a bag of FA Cup games. As you lot saw, Spurs, you know, it was 1-1 for large periods of the game. They turned it around courtesy of Winks and I think a brace, if I can remember correctly. I should because I watched the game um, from Ndombele. Um, Spurs 4, Wickham Wanderers 1. You know, they brought on Akin Fenwa. It's not serious, is it? Um, Harry Winks also got on the score sheet. And things like that. And Harry Winks obviously isn't happy about his situation. He said he's still in and out, which is not what I want. But that is football. And every time I get the chance, I have to take it. He said, when pressed on his situation, he actually said, it's difficult not to get regular game time and build up momentum. But every time I get the opportunity, I have to take it. It's down to me to perform well. And there was a stage people, Spurs fans used to say, this guy could get in a Spanish team. He's this, he's that and the other. And you see, he's quite basic. I think he's a good squad player. But, you know, you can't really complain. You know, Sissoko's a better option for you. Hoiberg's been all right since he's joined them, to put it nicely. Um, there's been a resurgence with Ndombele. You know, it makes sense as to why you don't get in the side really, Winks. But I understand you for being upset, really and truly. But Spurs are through to the next round. Um, and it could be good for Spurs because on paper, you can still get top four. You're in a final already. You're still in the FA Cup. So things can happen, people. You never know in that regards. You truly never, ever, ever, ever know. Um moving away from that though folks and if we talk about the premier league or the premier league action to come people if you give me a second while i, I draw up my screen here we go so yeah we've got the premier league to come as you lot already know and it gets off with a bang now obviously my club arsenal it's almost the second leg of what I wanted us to, you know, the, the game in the FA Cup and the Premier League in quick succession against Southampton. I wanted us to look at it like a, like a Europa League tie, like 180 minutes of football. So we're down in the first leg. Arsenal are playing Southampton in the league. In the best of days, it's difficult to go to St. Mary's. We already know, we already know what it, what to expect when we, when we play Southampton. We've already done it. Um, hopefully, um, we can win again away from home. It's quite a difficult game. Um, Southampton on paper have won just one of their last 10 Premier League matches against Arsenal, losing five and drawing four since beating us 3-2 in 2018. So statistically, it doesn't look like such, but that's going to be a difficult game. You've got a London derby in Crystal Palace welcoming West Ham to their place. Newcastle against Leeds United today at 6pm. You know, if he loses that, Steve Bruce, you'd imagine in the early hours of the morning tomorrow or... In the late hours of tonight, he'd be sacked. West Bromwich Albion will play Manchester City. I'm sure Manchester City want to get back to winning ways. You know, Chelsea 
Again, you'd imagine Tuchel was going to be announced today, Tuesday or tomorrow, the latest. But in relation to being in the dugout, I'm not too sure um, if Tuchel will be in the dugout. He might do, but Chelsea have a tough game in Wolves tomorrow on Wednesday. You've got Burnley against Aston Villa. You've got Brighton against Fulham. You've got Manchester United against Sheffield United. You've got Everton against Leicester City. You've got the marquee game on a Thursday. You've got Tottenham Hotspur against Liverpool. Liverpool need to get wins to put it nicely or they're out of this title challenge. So that's that in relation to the Premier League people. Um, make of that what you will. Moving away away from that though, people, and if we look at the transfer news really quickly, again, Lingard has been linked with West Ham under his former manager, David Moyes. And, you know, Lingard needs to play football, people. Apparently, he's ready to allow him to leave on loan. We all know he's 28 years of age. He needs to play football. And, you know, if you're him, Loftus-Cheek, Daly Alley, Danny Rose... These sort of players that will have probably will not be going to England, getting called up for England. But to have any chance, you got to go and play regular football. Um, we'll have to see. But apparently they've approached Manchester United over the deal, but they've already maximised their number of loan signings permitted by the Premier League. So if they want Lingard, they probably have to commit to taking him on, an, on a permanent basis, in which I don't think, I think that's all a myth. Lingard's also been linked with Sheffield United and Aston Villa. I think Sheffield United, Aston Villa will be a good sort of move for him. You know, you'd be surrounded by Ross Barkley and Ling and 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 um, what's what's his face? Jack Grealish. They play decent football. Apologies, people. They play decent football. Um, so that could be a good option. Sheffield United. They're gonna go down to the Championship, really. So you're gonna have to move. Um, moving away from that. Manchester United, Manchester United, Barcelona, Juventus and Man City have all been linked with Gabriel Veron from Palmeiras. He's a very good 18-year-old um, forward sort of player, can play on either flank. He's very good. Um, apparently, you know, Dele Alli to PSG will not stop people. Apparently, Pochettino is keen on a reunion with, with the midfielder. Apparently, the Dutch, I mean, the French champions have had three bids turned down for the 24-year-old. But Pochettino has the club's backing for his continued pursuit. Apparently, PSG are set to offer, which is probably nonsense, Draxler in exchange for their former player and 21-year-old Frenchman Matteo Guendouzi. Apparently, Udinese are in talks to sign Italy international Patrick Catrone um, on loan. As you lot know, he was recalled from his loan spell to Wolves, but again, it's not working out. Um, Charlie Austin apparently said Manchester United chose to sign Lindelof over Virgil van Dijk in 2017, which is crazy. Cade Gordon, a very good attacking player that plays for Derby. I'm sure he's recently made his debut. Derby have financial issues and apparently Liverpool are closing in on a one million deal, one million pound deal to sign a Derby County 16-year-old attacking midfielder. And I think Liverpool are very good right now of not exploiting people's situations, but Derby have financial issues, Birmingham have financial issues and they've picked up a couple of kids from both now if this does happen. Damari Gray, I don't know how he's being linked with these clubs, but he's been linked with Bayern Leverkusen, Benfica and Monaco. He's about to be a free agent in the summer. Apparently, Crystal Palace and Arsenal um, face competition from Napoli for the 26-year-old Marseille defense, defender Jordan Amavi, who's um, apparently going to be a free agent in the summer. He was previously at Aston Villa, if you're wondering if that name rings a bell. Sam Allardyce has been linked with Christian Benteke. Whether that happens is another thing. And apparently Rafa Benitez wants one big wants a return and wants one big European job before he calls it a day. And he wants a return to the Premier League. So could that be back at Newcastle? Maybe not with Mike Ashley. Where 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 would that be? Some Arsenal fans wanted Benitez. So we'll have to see what happens in that regards, people. Um 
away from that if you care about the financial situation clubs face you know and uh a football uh, a football survey that came out by by a certain company apparently the coronavirus pandemic will cost european clubs europe's top better yet europeans europe's top 20 richest clubs over 1.7 billion by the end of the season people apparently collectively clubs have already lost 776 million from the end of last season um apparently barcelona this doesn't spell good news for them because apparently the catalan club um saw a drop from 741 million to 627 million um they still remain ahead of real madrid real madrid's revenue has fallen 667.5 to 627 barcelona also generated more money than any other football club in Europe but still had the second largest revenue fall in in absolute terms which isn't good it isn't good at all people um you know I think I have the list I should have the list of everybody who makes up part of that part of that side people the top 10 clubs Barcelona's first Real Madrid is second Bayern Munich are third Manchester United are fourth I definitely thought United would be ahead um for Liverpool are fifth City are sixth seventh for PSG eighth for Chelsea ninth for Tottenham Hotspur 10th for Juventus, so obviously we're, we're paying for not being out of the Champions League, Arsenal. We're behind Juventus in 11th. You've then got Borussia Dortmund 12th, Atletico Madrid in 13th, 14th place goes to Inter Milan, Zenit St. Petersburg in 15th, Schalke 16th, 17th Everton, 18th Lyon, um, Napoli 19th, um, and Itec Frankfurt take up the 20th. So that's the top 20 places in relation to that, people. Um, in that news, though, like I said, there isn't that much to talk about in the world of football, apart from, obviously, Frank Lampard's lost his job. Obviously, Mesut Ozil and Socrates have departed Arsenal and Mustafi is expected to do that. Um, so, yeah, man, it is what it is now. Hopefully, Arsenal can win against Southampton. So when I'm back for another edition of the Deluded Podcast, which will be Friday this week, folks, after, obviously... Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday's action and we'll review that and obviously preview the weekends. Hopefully I'm hearing happy spirits saying we've won in the Premier League, we need three points. I just want to sit here as an Arsenal fan come Friday and say we're on 30 points. On that note though, there isn't anything more to speak about so please make sure you're following me across all the necessary streaming platforms. I know the bulk of you are listening to this on either Apple or Spotify. Make sure you've hit the follow button and raise an awareness via those means. Also check out the description links in relation to all my other socials can be found you know me i'm primarily on youtube so if you want to hear my more in-depth videos you know go over there like i've just done a video on chelsea i've previewed the arsenal southampton game there will be a southampton versus arsenal watch along today for anybody that is listening so yeah on that note though people deluded i'm out thank you for listening it's been a fantastic episode